Well, good morning, church. We are so excited that you are here with us in your homes. Happy Easter. He has risen. And if I listen really closely, I think I can hear all you say, he has risen indeed. (laughs) Um, We are so blessed to have you come in. I want to read from Matthew 28 this morning to get started um, as we begin our worship of our risen Savior. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Good morning, church. Let's celebrate our risen Lord. Sing with us, Christ arose.
Amen. Good morning. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And for that we celebrate and we give him praise. Would you bow with me for prayer? Father, we're grateful for your incredible blessings this Resurrection Sunday morning. Lord Jesus, we love you and we adore you and we praise you for who you are. The great conquering King of kings and Lord of lords. Thank you for all you've done for us. Bless our time of worship today. Thank you for our church family and for many others who've gathered to join us in worship today over the internet. We ask you to bless our time together. We continue to remember those who are hurting, uh, those who are serving all across our world to try to combat uh, the pandemic. And we just pray for healing and for wisdom and guidance for each one. We do pray for those families who've lost loved ones that you'd continue to bless and comfort them and those who are at their sides. I pray, God, that our world would see the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ, even today, as your gospel is proclaimed all over the world. Thank you for this blessed privilege. Bless us as we sing your praise, as we open your word. May your spirit rest upon us in a very special way today to challenge us, to comfort us, to strengthen us, and to draw us to yourself. For we pray all these things in the holy and matchless name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to see you this morning. I'm glad that you've gathered around to worship. Uh, We do have several folks here helping, and we're grateful. Dr. Wes and Dr. Jim, Dr. Jeremy and Mike, uh, and also Brooke and Catherine are back in the back. And we have a lot of people. uh, I wish you could see the pictures here. Uh, Someone has put your pictures in the pew. So some of you have some really nice pictures. Some, you know, you need to retake them. But anyway, uh, it's going to be a great morning. So as we continue to worship kids, it's time for Miss Natalie to come. Well, good morning. I have had a really good week this week, I think, compared to a lot of the world. I have had some great time with my family. I got to work on some really fun projects for our church kids this week. But I did have a couple problems, and I knew if anyone could feel for me, it would be you because you are a compassionate bunch of people. So I wanted to share with you some problems I had this week. So a couple days ago, I did some yard work, and um, I went to go get cleaned up and have a good shower. And guess what? My conditioner bottle, empty. Yeah, I was really frustrated by that. But you know what? I thought, it's okay. I can use Austin's. I'll just smell like a boy. It'll be okay. No one is going to be around me. But then... I went to get my body wash, my favorite body wash, and guess what? It was empty, too. And at this point, I was getting pretty frustrated, but I thought, you know what? It's going to be okay. I'm going to move on. The next morning, I went to get some cereal and my favorite cereal. There was nothing. It was empty. No squares of yummy life cereal. Goodness, it was all gone. And I thought, you know, this is really frustrating. You ever get frustrated when something is empty? But I got to thinking, you know, this week... We are celebrating something empty. You know, usually when things are empty, it is not a good thing. It's frustrating. We want our things to be full and ready to go. But this week, we celebrate something empty. You heard um, this passage, you guys, we read um, together just a minute ago in Matthew um, chapter 28. And it talks about the ladies coming to the tomb, and they were expecting to find Jesus there. But when they got there, the tomb was what? It was empty, and that's what we're celebrating this morning, and I want you guys to work with me. In fact, I asked Timothy to come up. Timothy, would you come? And he's going to help us work to memorize a verse together this morning, okay? So we've got 
this verse right here. This is Matthew chapter 28, verse 6, part A. So this was the first half of the verse. And it says this, he is not here, for he has risen just as he said. So I want you to say that with me, okay? And Timothy, would you help us say it? You ready? All right, let's say it together. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Matthew 28, 6, A. Now we're going to see if Timothy can help lead you guys in getting this verse memorized this morning. So scoot back a little bit. Would you take the microphone, Timothy? I'm going to cover up the first parts. Are you ready? He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Matthew 28, 6a. Good. Okay, let's try the second part. Okay, you want to ask him to help you? Say, would y'all help me read this? No. Okay, you ready? Okay, you guys help Timothy. Let's go. Does it start with he? He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Matthew 28, 6a. Okay, let's do the next one. You want to look at it? Okay. All right, can you say it? He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Matthew 28, 6a. All right, last part. <laughs> okay, I want all of you to try it with Timothy. Are you ready? One, two, three. He, he is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Matthew twenty, I mean Matthew twenty-six. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight, six A. <laughs> six A. There you go. Thank you, Timothy, for helping. Great job. Well. You know, that is a simple verse, but what a wonderful thing to remember. We don't serve a God who is dead, a God who is in a grave. We serve, just like we sang, a risen Savior, and that is exciting. Sing with us. Come behold the wondrous mystery In the dawning of the King He the theme of heaven's praises Robed in frail humanity In our longing, in our darkness Now the light of life has come Look to Christ who condescended Took on flesh to ransom us For since death came through a man the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Come behold the wondrous mystery, he the perfect Son of Man. In his living, in his suffering, never trace nor stain of sin. See the true and better Adam Come to save the hellbound man Christ the great and sure fulfillment Of the law in him we stand Apostle Peter said he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree That we might die to sin and live to righteousness 
by his wounds you have been healed. Come behold the wondrous mystery, Christ the Lord upon the tree. In the stead of ruined sinners hangs the Lamb in victory. See the price of our redemption, see the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. Then the saying that is written will come true, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come behold the wondrous mystery Slain by death the God of life But no grave could e'er restrain him Praise the Lord, he is alive What a foretaste of deliverance How unwavering our hope Christ in the apostle Peter wrote at the beginning of his first epistle chapter 1 beginning in verse 3 praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's continue to sing. I believe in the Son. 
Amen. Thank you, Austin and Natalie, those who played the instruments for us today. Our scripture today is in John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Today we celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Crosses are commonplace. Have you noticed that? People don't notice crosses anymore. They're everywhere. Just think about it. Have you noticed the one that's on top of this building or maybe on the top of the building where you worship or the ones you drive by every day? We don't think about them because they're always there. As a matter of fact, our church is right here on the interstate and when people drive by, they can see our building and they could see the cross, but they don't look over here to look at that cross. But what would happen if one day there was a man dangling from that cross? What if people drove by and looked up and saw a man hanging up there, 
Not a crucifix, but a real live man hanging from that cross. I dare say it would cause them to look a second time. It would probably cause many of them to get off the interstate and come over here and see what in the world is going on. Thousands, hundreds of people drive by here every day and never give it a second thought. You drive by crosses on churches every day. You don't give it a second thought. But if there were a man hanging on that cross, a real live man, it would cause you to stop. I'm pretty sure it would. In John chapter 12, and beginning with the 27th verse, Jesus said, Now my soul is become troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So the crowd of people who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. And others were saying, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Notice two truths there in that one simple verse. Judgment is upon this world. Jesus was going to take our judgment on the cross if we would put our faith and trust in him. And the ruler of this world will be cast out. Satan is on his way out. But notice that 32nd verse. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Today we come to lift up the one who was lifted up. He was lifted up on the cross. He was lifted up from the earth, from the grave. And he was lifted up to the right hand of the Father. And he is there interceding for us and waiting to come again. We want to lift him up. We want to lift him up personally, for he is the only one qualified. We want to lift him up redemptively and see the combination of his life and his death and what that means. We want to lift him up magnetically and understand that he's the one who draws us to himself. So first of all, I want you to see with me that we are to lift up Christ personally. In other words, exclusively. He said, I am if I am lifted up, and he meant I and I alone, if I am lifted up, will draw all men to myself, all peoples to myself. He makes statements that we wouldn't really believe from anyone else, but we accept them from him. Someone has called this the boundless boldness of Jesus Christ. He makes ridiculous statements like I and I alone. Who else could say such things, but we accept them from him and we worship him. He says things like I and I alone am the light of the world. And we run from the darkness into the light. He says things like I and I alone am the resurrection and the life. And we rejoice at that, especially when we're at the grave of a loved one and we're thankful we're going to see them again. He says things like I and I alone am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. We wouldn't let anyone else say that. But he has given us a clear direction of how we can come to the Father and be part of his family. No one else can say those things that Jesus said. Think about how ridiculous it would be if other people said that. What about the other world religion leaders? Muhammad died in 632 AD with a fever in the bed. His saying was, there is one God, Allah, and Muhammad is his prophet but he's still in the grave. It would have been ridiculous for Muhammad to say, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. 
Or what about Buddha? He died around 480 B.C. He was born in an aristocratic family. He said he was enlightened one day under a fig tree. He was trying to get away from his followers, not, come, not have them come to him. It would have been foolish for anybody to listen to him if he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw them into me. What about Confucius of ancient China? He died around 479 B.C. He was never outside the Chinese state of Lu. His saying was, salvation rests only in understanding the past. We do not hear any of these men say, if I am lifted up, I'll draw men to me. Neither would we listen to it if we heard it, because they're all still in the grave. Think about it. Even the greatest people who've ever lived, the great military leaders, the great political leaders, Alexander the Great died at 33, about the same age as our Lord died. He was trying to drive all men to himself, not draw all men to himself. Even in our national leaders, we think about the father of our country, George Washington or Lincoln, the great emancipator. If either of them would have said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men to me, we would consider them crazy or blasphemous. We don't allow other people to say that. Even the greatest fathers, followers of the Lord couldn't say that. If Peter or James or John would have said that, we would have known that something terrible had happened to their minds and their hearts they knew better even Paul who wrote 13 letters in the New Testament and traversed the world for four missionary journeys he was commissioned by God to take if he would have said if I be lifted up I'll draw them into myself we would have stricken those letters from the New Testament and never read them again but we hear them from the Lord Jesus Christ because he and he alone is the one Who's lifted up. If we hear any other people or any other person in history ever say, if I be lifted up, I'll draw men to me, like he was the Messiah, we would just consider them a crazy, egotistical person. We live in a world of egotism. I was thinking about that, and I thought about in 2010 when LeBron James, they had a over an hour television special called The Decision, where he was going to tell the world that he was moving from Cleveland to Miami to play for the Miami Heat. Now that takes ego, doesn't it? Or even in my day, I remember when I was a little boy watching Muhammad Ali in his press conferences and him looking into the camera and saying, I am the greatest, the prettiest that ever lived. And whether we're amused by that or appalled by that, we know it's kind of foolishness. But when Jesus says, I, if I am lifted up, will draw all people to myself. We acknowledge him. As King of Kings, we call him Lord Jesus Christ and Son of God, and we worship at his feet because he and he alone is worthy to say, If I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. We lift him up personally, ex exclusively. It's Christ and Christ alone. But secondly, we lift him up redemptively. Look at verse 33 of chapter 12. He says, uh, But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death which he was to die. Let's face it, death puts an end to the career and influence of other men and other people. But it was just the beginning for Jesus. You think about that. I, you know, how many generations do you know back and how many of them do you know personally? You might have looked up your ancestry, but you didn't really know those people. And death has kind of put a period at the end of their life. But for Jesus, it was the beginning. We value people because of their lives. We value Jesus because of his death. What is faith? Uh, fatal for most people is central to the life of our Lord, his death. I was thinking about that the other day. I thought, what about if you were to go up to the city of Dallas tomorrow 
and walk the streets. There wouldn't be as many people out, of course, right now. But if, if you were to walk up to somebody in Dallas tomorrow, tomorrow and say, can you tell me where George Truitt preached? Or tell me where W.A. Criswell preached? These men who held the pulpit at First Baptist Dallas for a combined hundred years, I dare say that you wouldn't find very many people who even knew what you were talking about or who you were talking about. Even our younger generation, if you walked up to many of them and you asked them, who is Billy Graham? They wouldn't be able to tell you that. Now that hurts my heart because I was saved at a Billy Graham film and he touched millions of people across the world. But let's face it, the longer he's gone, the less people will remember him, but not Jesus. Jesus will always be remembered because of his death. It was just the beginning for him. The cross was the centerpiece of his ministry. When he went to talk to Nicodemus in the middle of the night, he spoke to him about Moses and the serpent in the wilderness. If you remember the story, God sent fiery serpents into their midst because of their rebellion. And God told Moses to craft a bronze serpent and raise it up. And if people would look at that serpent, they would live. And Jesus said to Nicodemus, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And he's saying to, him, to us that we, if we would look at him from our sin, from our curse, that we can live. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. He told the Pharisees in John chapter 8, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2 that because of the cross, God has highly super exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. He was lifted up redemptively. But the drawing power is not in Christ alone and His perfect life or in the cross alone, His substitutionary death. Those have to go together. Someone put it this way, if He were just the Christ of the Sermon on the Mount, He would be a great ethical teacher. If He were just the Christ who was a humanitarian who fed people and healed people, He could have gained cheers from the crowd and memories. If he were just Christ the reformer who fought the Pharisees in the system of his day, he could have gotten signatures on a position, but he couldn't have said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. No, it's only the Christ who lived a perfect life, dying a substitutionary death that draws people to himself. It's like lightning. Lightning is created by warm, moist air and cold, dense air, and they come together and there's an explosion. And when Jesus in his perfect life was combined with that lowly cross, which was meant for sinners like you and me, death and hell, when, when his perfect life was combined with that cross, when those bumped together, there was an explosion of the love of God. And God was inviting the world to come to him through faith in the one who was lifted up. Lift him up, the scripture says. Combine his life that's perfect and his death which is substitutionary and it's an explosion of the love of God. We lift him up. We lift him up personally, exclusively. Only Jesus can say, if I be lifted up, I'll draw people to myself. Only Jesus combining his perfect life and his substitutionary death can redeem us from our sin. And finally, we want to lift him up magnetically he said I will draw all men to me I will draw them have you ever been drawn to something there's many times I've been driving down the road and I've seen smoke rising somewhere and it wasn't just smoke from somebody burning trash in a pasture maybe or 
like we did when we were kids. Some of you still live in the country. You still have a burn barrel probably. But I'm talking about a big cloud of smoke. When I see that, it makes me want to get off the road and go see what's going on. Or maybe, maybe nowadays, it happens to me every time, but nowadays it would especially if I saw the lights of a stadium on. I'd want to go over there and see what was going on because we haven't been able to do that in a while. And I know there's been a lot of times when I've looked over and said, why are the lights of the stadium on? And I've been drawn to drive over there and see what was going on. How many of you have ever been drawn to another person? You wouldn't be married if you weren't drawn to somebody, would you? We're drawn to one another. Jesus said that he draws us to himself. I remember being wonderfully drawn to Christ throughout my life. What's the magnet that we use to bring people into the family of God? Obviously, we've learned through these last weeks that it's not our buildings or even our crosses that shoot up from our buildings, even though we cherish them and we're thankful for them. We look forward to being able to use them again. It's really Jesus that the message is all about. And so think about that with me for a minute. Jesus made this statement on a Tuesday as he was going to the cross on Friday. By the time he got from Tuesday to Friday, nobody was left. All of his Judas had betrayed him. The rest of the disciples had fled. And he died on that cross by himself. What an audacious statement to make. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And yet today, you and I are part of the fulfillment of what he said on that Tuesday before the cross on Friday. Half a world away and 2,000 years later, here we are in Hillsboro, Texas, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And people around this world are gathering today to celebrate the resurrection of the one and only Savior of the world, Jesus Christ our Lord. He continues to send out His influence. And aren't you grateful for our missionaries around the world who are preaching the gospel today and other churches? And, and I think this whole thing has helped us to see beyond the end of our nose that to see that this gospel is about far more than our little corner of the world. That all over the world, people are celebrating resurrection today and being turned toward Christ. And that's an exciting thing. And we're thankful for that. Jesus draws people. He draws with sensitivity. He said, I stand outside knocking. I don't stand outside kicking the door down. But he draws us unmistakably to himself. He draws us humbly and with sensitivity. And he draws us with love toward himself. All over the world today. I brought something with me today that I want to share with you. And uh, it's no big deal. but It's kind of a big deal to me. This is a little plaque that I made when I was a little boy. And you probably can't read it from there, but I think I made it in vacation Bible school. I gave my mother a break. I know he was, she was so glad to get me out of the house and get me to Bible school. She hoped Jesus would draw me to himself. But it just says, the Lord is risen indeed. And it's kind of beat up and worn out. And the little string is it's just about gone. But this is a reminder to me. By the way, I passed this down to my grandson. And... You know, I'm hoping one day it'll mean as much to him as it does to me. Not because of who gave it to him. I hope that'll mean something. But because of who it's about. When I think of this plaque, you know all the toys that I had and all the things that seemed so important to me through the years when I was a little boy? I don't know where they are. I'm sure my parents tossed them when I wasn't looking a long time ago. 
probably one or two of them was worth a million dollars, but I'm not bitter. But this little plaque, this little plaque somehow got saved to remind me the Lord is risen indeed. And it reminds me of how he has drawn me to himself through the years, through ups and downs, through rebellion, through heartbreak. He continued to draw me and woo me to himself. And I'm so glad he did. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. You know what? Today, if you will open your heart to him, he will become your savior. You can invite him in. I know most everybody that's watching today is already a Christian. But you, would you pray with me for others who maybe are watching that are not? How do I trust in Jesus my Savior? I can tell you, when I was a little boy, I just prayed a prayer. Somebody asked me to pray a prayer. I knew I needed Jesus, so I prayed the prayer. Something like this. I just said, Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I have sinned and I can't save myself. And I'm sorry for my sin. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and life and be my Savior. And if you'll pray a prayer, the words aren't as important as your heart. There's no magic in those words. The magic, the glory, is in the drawing grace of Jesus Christ our Lord, who sends His Spirit to knock on the door of our hearts. And He says, Someone has lifted me up before you. Now look at me and live. I, if I be lifted up, will draw all people to myself. Jesus and Jesus alone can save us. Jesus and Jesus alone, because of his perfect life, can die on that cross and redeem us. And Jesus and Jesus alone can draw us to himself. But when he calls, we must answer. And we must answer by faith. God bless you today. Let's pray together. Then we're going to sing our song of invitation. And then we're going to have our time of benediction. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you were lifted up on the cross. Lifted up from the grave. Lifted to the right hand of the Father. Praying for us. Drawing us to yourself even today. And I pray for one or two or many, boy or girl or man or woman who needs to trust Christ today, that you would bless them and give them the faith to truly put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. I pray for the rest of us who are Christian that we would continue strong in our faith as we continue to march through this time together, looking to the one who was lifted up so that we might be lifted up in his love and his grace. Bless this time as we sing this song of invitation and we commit our hearts and lives afresh to you. For we pray it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Join with me. Let's sing this song of praise to our great Savior. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of
Thank you again for joining us today. Uh, let me just remind you that uh, we will continue to worship online until we're cleared to do otherwise. And I know you're longing for that. I got a couple of texts last night and people are just so anxious to get back together. None more than, than me and the staff, but of course we want to be safe. So continue to pray for one another and our medical professionals and all those who are out there serving every day and continue to be a blessing to one another, checking on each other. And uh, we really appreciate uh, your prayers and your support. Of course, if you have a need, uh, if you want to talk about Jesus, you have a spiritual need or a physical need, you can call the church office, 254-582-2370. We're not here. You can leave a message. Also, you can email us at churchoffice at cbc-hillsboro.com. So we look forward to hearing from you if you have a need or a question. All right. Let's uh, say our verse together. I want to wish all of you a very happy Resurrection Sunday with your family. God bless and keep you. Let's read our scripture together. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God's people said, Amen. God bless you.